Welcome to If Life Were Perfect. I'm Laura Meyer, and with me as always is my husband, Josh. Hey, guys. So today we are talking about everybody's favorite topic, death and estate planning. And I know that it's not a fun topic for, you know, any of us to talk about or think about, but it is so important that we do because obviously we're going to assume that you are well-loved and that you love people just like we do and that if something happened to any of us that we would be taken care of, our family would be taken care of, and most of all that we can just go through life and not even worry about these things. Yeah. And I mean, this is something that we've had to address for our family. And, you know, this is what we do for our day job. This is how we guide clients every single day. And people are coming to us because they have concerns. They're worried about, okay, who would take care of my kids or my pets? Do I have enough money to take care of them? Would it go to them easily without being stuck in court? You know, would my medical decisions be taken care of? Would everybody be okay if I'm not there? And this is something where we're able to help them navigate um, and have that peace of mind of knowing, you know, if something did happen to them, all of those issues are taken care of. You know, if life were perfect, we wouldn't even have to worry about that stuff. And so today what we want to do is give you some things to think about and some considerations you should have to make sure that that stuff is going to be taken care of. and You don't have to worry about it. You can have that peace of mind. So I have to tell you, when I first thought about these things, um, I was younger. I was in my 20s and I had owned a home and I had a kid, all of those things. And I needed to do some kind of medical thing. So it occurred to me that maybe I should probably formalize my wishes a bit. So what I did is I went to work that day and I just downloaded on the law firm server a will, like a document. And other than being totally creeped out by seeing my name on a death document, I just kind of signed it. I grabbed some friends um, to witness it and I stuck it in a drawer and I was done didn't occur to me to think about way more things than I did when I was filling that out. And it didn't occur to me just to go upstairs and ask the estate planning department what I might need. But I think for me, I was just making the same rookie mistake most people do, checking the box, wanting to have it done and wanting to like move on and go out to lunch. Yeah. You just want to have it done quickly, you know, check it off the list and put it in the drawer and never have to think about it. Yeah. So it's like, thank goodness I didn't die. Right. Because now knowing what I know, that really would have been disastrous just because I wasn't thinking about things that were on my radar. But fortunately, fast forward, obviously being estate planning attorneys, we have a much better estate plan where we've really thought things through, formalized our wishes and considered everything that we need to do to make sure our family is safe and protected. And that's a great feeling. So now we're going to walk you through things that you need to consider and that really need to be on your radar so you can have peace of mind, too. So the first thing we really want to think about is who depends on us. Maybe you have kids that rely on you. Maybe you have pets that rely on you every day. Or maybe you have a family member that you help take care of, an elderly family member or someone with special needs. People who are depending on us, we would want to make sure that they would be fully taken care of if we couldn't take care of them anymore. Yeah, because the reality is if we're not intentional and plan for who we want to take care of our loved ones, then it's going to be left to a judge in a court who doesn't know you, who doesn't know your family, doesn't know what your wishes are. Your family doesn't have direction and guidance, so it opens up for family fighting, and it's just a mess of a scenario. So there was a family a few years ago, and this was a very public case, where the husband and wife passed away, sadly, in a car accident, and they left behind little children. 
And instead of the kids going in the care of their family, they were actually put in the care of strangers. And then for over a year, there were relatives that battled in court over who should be the guardian of those kids. And I know being a mom myself, that is terrifying to think like, not only are you not there, but that your kids aren't even going into an immediate situation where it's resolved and it's clear what you wanted and that they're being comforted by the people you love and not strangers. To avoid all of that, we need to make sure that we you know, have a short-term plan in place so there's people who can immediately take care of your kids in an emergency. And then you also want to say who you want to take care of your kids in the long term. And so typically that person's called a guardian. The legal document you typically do that in is a will. Yeah, so you need to formalize who's going to take care of your kids. And then I know people where, you know, their kids are grown, but they have beloved pets, for example, that they're caring for every day. I'm thinking of one of my clients who, you know, she has horses and her horses are her world and she loves these horses. Her number one concern was to make sure that she formalized wishes so her horses could be completely taken care of by who she chose, which was a charity that she supports while she's living but that her horses could go to that charity and that they would continue to be cared for the way that they want. Yeah. So if you want the peace of mind of knowing that, you know, your, your loved ones be taken care of by who you want in the way that you want and in the smoothest way possible, you really want to formalize those wishes. I know for me, I'd, I'd like to formalize like who will regularly babysit my kids so I, I can get a night so I can get a night off but yeah is, can the guardians yeah. take care of our kids right yeah. now I mean that's I always how, we joke and how does that work right um no but um I will tell you as obviously a mom when we travel for example or when I know that I'm going to be away from the kids it is incredibly comforting for me knowing that I formalize those wishes because I know that if anything god forbid happens we have loving family and they know what to do and they could immediately take care of our children and comfort them. And that does help me live with peace of mind because it's something all of us worry about, right? And I, I can't say I'm as worried about our son's fish, but maybe I should be now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but it does feel good. So we just want to encourage you to formalize your wishes. And we know it can be you know, hard sometimes, but just remember, it's better for you to make that choice than to leave it to a stranger like a judge or to chance. So another thing we want to consider is who's going to get our money. We want to make sure that the people who are dependent on us have the money available for them and they, they get it on the right terms as well. So we were familiar with a situation where there was a mother who was uh, divorced and she passed away while her children were in their early teens and she had not formalized any wishes. And so what ended up happening is in order for the money that she had to go to her children, it had to go through a very long and expensive court process called probate, which is what happens to a lot of families when they haven't formalized their wishes. And probate is terrible because it's open and public. So anybody can see what's going on. That's why when celebrities die, you always hear about what's going on with their court cases. It's very time consuming. It can take, it just depends on where you are. But I know in California where we are and in her situation, it can take years, right? And then it's very expensive where a lot of the money goes to the court before it even goes to the people that you want. So in her situation, after her family had to go through probate, what was so such the kicker was 
when she didn't formalize her wishes, the judge had to decide a lot of things. And her ex-husband was actually appointed to handle everything. Yeah, not the person you probably want to have it. Your ex is in control of all of your money. I mean, right. how many people are raising their hand as far as that's their right. wishes? Right. And so, I mean, fortunately, in this case, the ex-husband was a wonderful man and did right by the children, of course. But, you know, he ended up having to handle his ex's estate, right? And then every other year, he would have to go back to court because he'd have to say how money's being spent for the kids. And then as soon as those kids turned 18, they just got a huge check on their 18th birthday where they could do whatever they wanted with it. That is definitely not what any of us would want. The other problem that you run into with court is it just opens up the door for fighting. I'm thinking of, a, of another family where there were several adult siblings. The last parent passed away. And at the time before the parent passed away, one of these kids was still living at home. And several of the family members thought that, you know, the family would want the, the sibling to continue to stay at home. And then other ones didn't. Well, and because this sibling was like in their late 30s or 40s, right? I mean, they weren't like 18. Yeah. And so and, and so there was just there was no clarity and certainty because the estate plan hadn't been updated recently. And so everybody's kind of guessing and had their own opinion. And really, the person who should have decided that was the parent to give that direction and guidance. It would have just clarified that whole situation. And so instead, they're having to battle out in court over their different wishes. And that really could have just been avoided had the parents given that direction and guidance. So no one wants to go through court. I mean, I don't even want to go to traffic court. I mean, I have to tell you, Josh got a ticket when we were like going on a ski trip. And every week on the calendar, it says something about traffic court or traffic school, right? Nobody wants to deal with that. He keeps moving it. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was a total trap, too. You know. <laughs> all right. That's a side story. So, um. You know, nobody wants to go through court, certainly, especially after losing someone they love. But really, that's what happens if you don't formalize your wishes, usually. And so there's different things that you could do to try and avoid that process from happening. But one of the most common ways that people do avoid having to go through court is by formalizing their own wishes through what's called a trust. And what a trust is, it's a legal document that expresses who you are, who you want your money to go to, any guidance, protections, or restrictions you want on the money, and who you want to be in charge. And this is also something that people do through a will, by the way. The only difference, though, is a will doesn't avoid that whole terrible court process that we just talked about, whereas a trust does. Yeah, so this is something that we've done for our family. This is something we do for our clients all of the time. You know, a recent family, the dad, he had come in, he brought his kids, he told them what his wishes are, he laid it all out in different legal documents. And so when he did eventually pass away, it's been one of the smoothest processes. They've been able to have immediate access to his bank account so they could continue to pay the bills as they were coming in, so they weren't stuck with it. They were beneficiaries on his retirement account, so they were able to transition those smoothly. And then his house was in the trust, so they're able to sell it really easily and then distribute the proceeds. I mean, it's just a really smooth, easy process. It avoids fighting, avoids miscommunication, and just make sure that everything goes to who he wanted, on the terms he wanted, in the smoothest way possible. Yeah, I know for us, when we set up our own trust... What was so nice about that is when you're setting it up, you do get to get creative or really address how you would want things to play out. So, for example, like when we set up our trust, we had to decide how we would pass money to each other. 
because you know, I could give it all to you, Josh, but then that means you could like marry some hottie and then run off with her. And then what do my kids get? Right. They're crying and singing in a musical. I'm glad you have no faith that I would (laughs) not give our kids money, but okay. But you know, we could put those restrictions, you know, and protections in case you got sued, whatever it is. Right. Or vice versa. And then two, we could decide like for our kids, we could make sure that the money we left behind for them wasn't going to get scooped up by some creditor or predator, you know, husband or wife, whatever in the future. So, I mean, I love that we were able to make those choices for our family versus just kind of leaving it to chance or the defaults. I mean, there's a lot of people who they don't necessarily want everything just to go to their spouse and kids. They have other family members, they have charities, they have other organizations that they support, and they want to make sure that those people are remembered and taken care of as well. And so that's the great thing. When you're intentional about your planning, you get to do that because if it has to go through probate, those people are never addressed. The next thing that people really need to think about, and we had to think about, of course, as well, was will there be enough money there for the people that we want to support if something happened to us? Because obviously for most of us, you know, we're going to work, we're making an income, and we would want to make sure that anyone dependent on us or any causes we care about could continue to get support similar to what we're doing while we're living. And so I know for us and for many families, they're in their working years. And so one of the things that they really need to think about is if they don't fully have enough assets, right, to continue to provide the lifestyle that they want for their loved ones, or the gifting to their favorite charities, that they should consider life insurance. Yeah, it's just a really great vehicle to be able to make sure that there is just enough liquid cash available to just pay the bills if your income isn't there to pay them. Because how many times, right, do we all go online and Facebook and there's a GoFundMe and it's the saddest thing, right, where like someone's passed away and you see the family picture and it's heartbreaking and you know that family needs this money and that they're going to be put in a position now without that person's income where they're going to struggle. Hopefully they do get the resources, but I mean, you're completely leaving it up to chance. And so, I mean, that's the nice thing when you're intentional about things and you really think it through and plan it, you take a lot of that guesswork out of things. Yeah. And so why even worry about it, right? Why even worry if something could happen to you that your family wouldn't have money in place or that you would end up on the GoFundMe, right? This is simple. It's just setting up life insurance to make sure that you are supplementing the assets you're leaving behind so your family or loved ones or charity are taken care of the way that you want. I mean, I'm thinking of a family where the husband passed away and so he left a wife and a couple children and she she was uh, like she had a job that she had quit because she was looking after the kids while they were little. But when he unexpectedly passed away, thankfully, he did have life insurance. And so instead of her having to go reenter the workforce and scramble, she was really able to take her time on her terms, help the children through. And that changes everything. It's a terrible thought, you know, when people not only lose someone they love, but it drastically changes their lifestyle as well. By providing the right financial resources, it takes so much stress off of the family and it makes, you know, a difficult situation manageable and avoids it being a catastrophic situation. So the next area we really need to think about is what about our physical care, like us as people, if we get hurt, I mean, to think like, what if you can't make your own medical decisions? 
mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. And you really want to designate it because if you don't, your family may end up not agreeing and it can just be a nightmare scenario. And, you know, I'm thinking of the story, the most publicized one that I can think of is the Terry Schiavo case. Oh, where, that one was so sad. You know, I mean, this woman, she's on life support. Her husband was like, look, you know, this isn't the condition she wants to stay in. But her parents didn't agree. And so they ended up fighting in court for over 14 years. While she was still like in this vegetative type state. Yeah, I, I mean, it was just an awful scenario. This situation could have been completely avoided had she made her medical wishes known. Yeah, I think that's so important because, you know, I'm just thinking of a friend that had lost her husband and she had a young child at the time. And that was a, I mean, obviously a horrible situation for many reasons, but you know, when you don't have those wishes formalized for your spouse, and then plus you have all the family chiming in as well, it's just such an emotional chaotic time that it really is one of the best gifts that you can give the people you love. And, and, and yourself really, is to clarify like who should make those decisions, what you would want in you know, certain scenarios, and who you would want the hospital to even be able to talk to about your condition because that's all private. And so you don't want a situation too where your family's having to run into court just to get powers to make medical decisions for you. What a nightmare. And I mean, for the medical director, we need them for ourselves. And if you do have little ones, they need them as well. You know, you don't want to just be writing on a napkin. My mom can, you know, take care of my kids. You want to formalize that in a document. So then when you go traveling, you can do it with confidence and not have to worry about, okay, are my kids going to be able to get the proper care that they need if I'm not there? I mean, just recently I had to have a minor surgery and I came in like with all my directives totally ready in my manila envelope to give the, you know, give the hospital. And they were very impressed, by the way. But it did make me feel good knowing that all of that was formalized. And Josh, I know that you know my wishes and would take care of me and all of those things. But that was to make it easy too on you. So it's like very clear and no one was having to search for where they are. But my wishes were known and things would be carried out. Fortunately, or unfortunately, I don't know, Josh, but I did survive. Stop, of course. Um, so, but it is a great feeling and it does give you peace of mind knowing that you have formalized your wishes. 100%. One of the last things that we're going to kind of talk about that everyone thinks about and worries about is, you know, it's hard because nobody wants to think about not being able to be there for their loved ones like they are now and leaving them behind. I mean, it's a heartbreaking thought, right? And one of the things that we did and that we recommend people do is either record yourself or write letters telling your family how much you love them and preserving like special memories and what you want for them and everything that's in your heart. Because people spend time, right, formalizing kind of the legalities of things and the, the financial aspects but they need to also take time to preserve who they are as people. Yeah, I mean, that kind of reminds me of a story where one of my good friends, he got married several years ago, and it was a beautiful wedding um, down in San Diego. Um, lots of loved ones, lots of people who were there. At the reception, he was out on the balcony with his mom, and you know he was so sad. And he, you know, his, Well, he was crying. Yeah, it was just awful, and it was because his dad had passed away early. And you know he was one of his best friends in the world. 
And he wasn't able to be there for that special moment. It was one of those joyous moments, but he was missing the love and comfort of his dad. And that is so tough. And obviously, like, there's nothing we could ever do right fully to mitigate that void. But a small thing that we really can do is to take time to speak to those kinds of moments. So if you're not there, you could at least leave something behind to speak to that or to comfort your loved ones. So they do have that special piece of you when those moments come. Yeah. And I mean, and that's one of the things that, you know, we've done for our kids and that, you know, we recommend that all of our clients do. Um, We do what's called a legacy interview where they get to share those special moments, those stories, those life lessons, and just the love that they have for their family with them. Yeah, we did have a family here that, you know, we helped at the firm where the father had set up his estate plan just in the hypothetical being a good dad. And he didn't know at the time he was sick. And we found out, as he did, of course, a few months later that he was dying of an aggressive cancer that seemed to just come out of nowhere. And he had done a legacy interview. He was talking about each of his three young children in detail. And he was describing their personalities, what he saw in them. I could just picture him smiling, talking about them. And it was something where he even said, the one thing I'll tell you about my kids is they're strong kids. I can see that in them. And I know no matter what comes against them in life, they will overcome. What other opportunity in the world would those young children have to hear their father's voice and his confidence in them and what he saw in them? had he not done that legacy interview. I mean, what a special moment. And just out of everything that we do for our families, the thing, you know, we we deal with so many families when they're dealing with the end of life. You know, the thing that they miss most is the person. And so we really want to make sure that that's taken care of and preserved. So that is kind of all of the things that are on your mind. But just remember, you know, there's no reason to go through life overly worried or feeling anxiety over this or feeling like you haven't done anything and you're just leaving everything to chaos. That's all your choice. And that is something you have complete control over. We can't control what happens to us, but we can certainly control the fallout. And so one of the things that we do hope that you will do and that you should do is you should formalize your wishes instead of leaving these things to chance. You really should talk to a reputable estate planning attorney who can help you formalize those wishes. And so one of the things that we can do is we can give you a checklist. So when you go to interview estate planning attorneys, you can make sure that all of your needs are met and you know what to ask so you can feel comfortable with whoever you're hiring and talking to. And you can also check them out on Yelp or ask your attorney friends or just regular friends who they use those types of things. But I think this checklist will really give you that confidence when you do interview attorneys to make sure that your wishes will be put together. And I will tell you straight up as an estate planning attorney who gets the calls when things go wrong, please do not try and put this together yourself. Please don't. Because if you really think through it, all the things you do all day long, all through your life, everything about you, a downloaded document off the internet, there's no way that that could truly protect you and set your family up for success. And I mean, you would never go and do surgery on yourself. So, you know, 
uh, don't put this out to chance. There's just too much at risk, too much at stake. You want to make sure that it's done right and that your family has somebody to turn to to guide them through the process if something really does go wrong. So in this week's quick step, we're going to help you take the first step towards formalizing your wishes for your family and for yourself. So one of the things we want you to do is for you to do a legacy interview for your family. That's simply you recording yourself on audio or video on your iPhone, talking to your loved ones about how much you love them, what you want for them, special memories, all of those things. And one of the things that we'll do for anyone that is signing up for our quick steps We're going to give you the top 10 things most people talk about on their legacy interviews to help really get you going on what you should be talking about. So to get that quick step in all of our quick steps, just go to lifeforperfect.com and subscribe. It's totally free. And that way you can get it conveniently right in your inbox after each episode. So We've covered all of these things and you can see that a lot goes into, you know, setting up a solid plan and formalizing your wishes, but we've just kind of touched on some of the main things. One of the things that we're going to do for you to really help you get educated more on this topic is we're going to give all of you for free my book, Good Parents Worry, Great Parents Plan, where I've really laid out and addressed all of these things in details and then help you understand what you need to do to formalize your wishes. To get a free copy of the book, just sign up for our quick steps out of lifeforperfect.com, and I'll have a link there for you so you can get the PDF version for free. All right, so next up is our mailbag segment where we're going to be answering questions from our listeners. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer, just go to iflifeforeperfect.com where you can submit your questions, or you can ask us on Instagram at meetthemeyers. Our first question comes from Mike. Mike writes, I recently got married and we are planning to buy a house next year. We don't have any kids yet. Do we need a will or anything else? Mike, well, first off, congratulations on getting married. That's a great milestone and a great first step. And so this is kind of a natural kind of event where you're going to be thinking about, okay, do we need to start getting legal documents? We're becoming an adult. We got to do adult things and things like that, people tell us. Um, and so, yeah, you're, you're on the right track. There are legal documents that you're going to want to start getting in place now that you're married to make financial and medical decisions for each other and that the money that you do have would be easily accessible. The other thing you want to think about, though, is really establishing a relationship with an attorney right now because you're going to be hitting more of these milestones. If you buy a house, then you need to start considering a trust and other things like that. And so you really want to be able to work with an attorney who's going to be able to give you guidance throughout your life. Um, as you hit these different milestones in events. Our next question is from Bailey. Bailey writes, I need help with a will. My friends are surprised that my husband and I don't have one for our two young daughters. Do I need a family law attorney to set it up or can I do it myself? I want to get it drafted because I'm traveling a lot for work. So Bailey, you're totally on the right track. You do need to formalize your wishes and set things up for your kids, especially if you're feeling vulnerable in any way with traveling. Um, And then just to make sure that everyone would be taken care of the way that you want if anything should happen. So you really should talk with the reputable estate planning attorney about what your family needs. I will tell you that most of the time, at least in places like California, when you do have those little kids and if you do have any type of assets, that you will need more than just a will. Usually in those situations, 
families are looking at getting a trust and other sorts of things. So talk with a reputable estate planning attorney to find out what you need. And just as a tip, it's so common. It's funny because a lot of people do refer to us as family law attorneys because we're helping families. But when you Google that, you'll find that when you Google family law attorney, what comes up is a lot of divorce lawyers. And so what you actually are looking for is called an estate planning attorney. So when you're going on the internet or asking friends or things like that, just make sure that that's what you're looking for. That wraps it up for us for this week. Thanks for hanging with us. We know this can be a tough subject, but we're behind you and we know that you'll do a great job protecting your family. If you are enjoying the show, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review us. And then we would love to stay connected with you um, throughout the week. So if you go to Instagram, you can follow us at Meet the Myers, and we would love to follow you back.